Ah, good evening, kids. Welcome to the award-winning Did That Make Air podcast. And I say award-winning because I've got the awards that I printed off of my version of Print Shop that came out at like 1995 sitting right here next to me. So mm. I don't care that it's me who gave us the awards. This is an award-winning show, damn it. Hi. Joined by Ed Barnes, I'm Brian Wilmer. This is Did That Make Air, as I mentioned, episode 9. So we're getting close to that 10-episode mark. It's like syndication for us, isn't it? Yes, that would be the time where, you know, obviously then we have plenty of time, uh, reason to throw a big party to celebrate, you know, the staying power of this new podcast. But it, it's funny you mentioned the award thing, and I'm, I'm so – I cannot quite remember all of the details. I just remember it was a uh, – like, I think it was a restaurant or a bar of some sort where um, – you know what it was? I think it was a small blues club in Chicago, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, where the guy <laughs> said, voted best small blues club by such and such. And it was an award that he made up just so he could put it on all of his flyers and his <laughs> sign and all of those types of things, just so that way he could say, yeah, it's award winning. It's won an award. It won this award that's given out by this organization right here. He just didn't mention that he started the organization. <laughs> is that sort of like getting ordained as a minister over the internet so you can perform weddings? Is that the same kind of thing? Yes. Uh, it's similar, except people probably don't know the difference. Uh, it's like, yeah, best you have blues club by the Blues Club Association of Chicago. Yeah, it sounds reputable. Whereas the guy who's, you know, who who went on onto the internets and uh, got himself certified in order to you know, marry you, uh, you probably know him. So, you know, he might be completely full of it, but you just don't care, obviously. Yeah, uh, just an observation. You had said the the small blues club in Chicago. I'm sure there's not 500 of those in Chicago or anything either. Right, exactly. And he, this person was, look, I need something in order to differentiate my club from all the others. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to talk about how mine's award-winning. We should also talk about how you can reach this award-winning program, too, while we're at it. At Did That Make Air on Twitter. Also, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. dtmapodcast at gmail.com. The email address. Again, sorry it's not easier for you to know, but it at least takes you the effort of writing us an email. And quite frankly, it's worth it. Right. Well, have we decided on which hashtag we're going to ask all of our listeners to tweet us with? Is it going to be award winner or is it just winner? Um, I'm going to go award winner just because it sounds a little more formal. So, yeah, if you want to, you can tweet us with the hashtag award winner and we'll summarily ignore it or laugh at it or whatever it is we decide to do. Or, yeah, maybe we'll respond to it. Maybe we'll forward it to Richie Incognito, see what he has to say about it. He's big on the Twitter these days, has some time on his hands. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. We'll hire him as our social media manager. That'll go over well. Right. Yes. I mean, you know, he's, again, time on his hands. I thought that uh, my friend John put it best when he said now he's finally got time to concentrate on that one-man play that he's been writing and producing. <laughs> we have a lot to uh, produce tonight, as, as, we, uh, as we talk about, by the way. Um, the usual big question, tonight's big question has to do with Facebook, and I have to say uh, our beautiful, talented friend Gretchen, who's a friend of the program, is going to get stabby when she hears what we talk about regarding oh Facebook, so... I'll just warn you, as I warned her earlier today, uh, it will probably anger or at least mildly upset Gretchen. So, Gretchen, sorry in advance. Uh, we love you. You're a friend of the program, but we're going to have to talk about it. Also, maybe we might mention something that another friend of the program, uh, Julie, mentioned earlier, talking about music. We, we may get to that. We'll see. 
Also, we haven't made fun of Floridians in quite a while, so we need to do that on the program, too. And whatever else happens to occur to us, you will hear on this here program. Now, gosh, you know, I can only, I mean, everything that we're going to talk about is going to make someone a little upset, I think. Yeah, and, sure. And not that that's our intention, but it's just with some of the stuff that we've been trying to tackle here, uh, they could be very divisive uh, topics. So I'm not surprised to hear that someone might get a little bent out of shape. Uh, but considering the issue, I feel like we may need to figure out a new term for, like, the young curmudgeons. Hmm. Uh, maybe, let's see. What's What's a good thing to come up with? Hmm. Maybe they throw maybe they throw craft beer glasses at kids on the lawn. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> no, they invite them in to do some reading about what they shouldn't be doing on their lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you haven't read Descartes, you little bastard. <laughs> do you not know this is all nothing? <laughs> Existence is nothing. <laughs> now get off my lawn, because those footprints you're leaving are something. <laughs> That kind of reminds me, every, every week I feel even dirtier when I'm putting in the keywords for this podcast, and one of them I put in there is philosophy. I feel even dirtier doing that. Well, you know, I, I guess it's all about what passes for what at the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure that if people were talking about education today versus education in the past, they might feel a little differently too, veering, you know, if you stepped onto some of the beer-filled amniotic sacks that are uh, college campuses these days. He said sack. I did. I, I did. <laughs> uh, tonight's big question. Sorry, Gretchen. We have to uh, start off on this note. With November approaching, and again, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we, we record this program usually on Tuesday nights, depending, although our, our jobs, our sports-related jobs may... No, uh, we record it whenever you listen to it. Well, yeah, exactly. We're, we are Live. sitting, yeah, we're sitting the on the we're other just... side of, of your iPod or whatever else. We are talking to you as you listen to us. Yes, we're actually waiting for you to press play before we say anything, <laughs> you know. But as we move into November, whenever it is you listen to this, we're, we're live on the other side of your player. But anyway, <laughs> I'm starting to see this uh, epidemic, let's just call it as it is, of people posting. And, and you mentioned earlier today, you've kind of avoided Failbook for a while, so you haven't seen this. But I'll, I'll just go ahead and lay it out there. I'm seeing a lot of people on Facebook lately. And... There's this little challenge that everybody's taking where each day of this month, it's bad enough if you see it, you know, one day, but every day of this month, they're posting something for which they're thankful, at least one thing for which they're thankful. So I, I guess I have kind of a dual pronged big question tonight. First of all, at what point did Thanksgiving become a, a Hallmark holiday where you know, we we, uh, we we celebrate for all the wrong reasons. And for, and for the other question, how in the world do we fabricate something to be thankful for for 30 days when in, in reality, you know, we're just waking up every morning and looking around at things like, I'm thankful for that lamp. I'm thankful for, uh, you know, my pillow. I'm thankful for having a toilet. I mean, seriously, all these stupid things that all of a sudden we're now saying that we're thankful for just so we can fill a Facebook requirement. So you follow Brick Tamlin on Facebook? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we, we knew who this was coming from. It'll be 38 degrees in the Middle East. I'm thankful for lamp. <laughs> thankful for bed. I'm thankful for mayonnaise in the toaster. I'm thankful for Trident. Um, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, the spirit behind this is not something 
that I have any quarrel with. Being sure. thankful for what you have is very important. I know that it's something that I lose sight of from time to time, and it's important to try and readjust our you know, perceptions of life to appreciate how much we have instead of focusing on what we do not, which is so much the way of this country. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of like we talked about last week on the sports side. We were talking about uh, you know, things that annoyed us about November and you know, about cold and flu season and all those kinds of things. And we said it somewhat flippantly, but you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's a bigger thing. And I, I saw a, uh, an e-card, you know, one of the, these some e-cards or whatever. I saw that earlier today and it said something about November, uh, the time when, when, uh, when people who normally complain about everything every day on Facebook get to be thankful for 30 days or something like that. You know, it's, it's it pretty much the same thing. I just, the, the the big question that I have to people who want to list what they're thankful for uh, on Facebook is where is this thankfulness coming from and why is it going on Facebook? Um, you know, I really do, again, agree with the premise of being thankful. That's all well and good. And I hope that the people who are posting these things truly are thankful and not just trying to do something that looks positive. And this is not that, you know. The person that you mentioned earlier who would be upset with us for mentioning this, I'm not trying to insult you by saying this. Of course. There is just a suggestion that some people, instead of truly being thankful, might be posting this stuff because other people are posting what they are thankful for. Something else, too. I've, I've got to say this. I haven't participated in this little experiment, but I can say this. If I were to do this and say, you know, every day of November, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that, blah, 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 blah. This is going to sound really jaded of me and really negative of me, but I'm just going to tell the truth here. I'm thankful for very few things. I'm thankful for friends, for family, for our military, and you know, for becoming what I've become. The rest of it, you can keep it. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. All the you know material stuff and everything else, it all comes from those other things because you know I got it because of the the influence and the love and everything else of friends and family. I got it because somebody fought and died for my right to, you know, to vote or whatever else. People have said they're they're thankful for President Obama or they're thankful for their local, you know, Republican representative for keeping up the fight or whatever else. None of that makes a damn bit of difference. I mean, when you, when you start thinking about how in life and we've kind of talked about this and kind of talked around it Instead of simplifying life and instead of simplifying everything in our lives, we have surrounded ourselves by more stuff, by more distractions, by more uh, just, you know, general noise around us, really. And I'm not saying that you have to be all minimalist about life because that's kind of silly, but we've we've lost touch with the root of our lives and what really makes a difference. And if if I were to do something like this, if I were to gather what people said they're thankful for, and maybe even if they did the same thing, and you look back on it a month later, uh, a year later, whatever else, I think we'd all be kind of amazed by what a vapid exercise this is. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, that was not exactly the, the conclusion I was expecting. Um, but yes, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good point. I mean, I, I just – the thing that, I, that stands out to me uh, when I think about something like this is uh, – a lot of people are going to be sharing these things in order to do seemingly the two main things. Um, I should say three main things I can think of that are happening when people post on Facebook. Okay. This is all just an extension of these one to brag, right? Humble brag. Of course. I'm thankful for my Mercedes. 
I, I'm sure that someone probably has banged that one out already. <laughs> and I'm sure of it. Somebody rolls over to their house and steals it. I'm thankful for this person's Mercedes. <laughs> there you go. But still, that, so one, it could be bragging. Two, it could be to get sympathy. Like, I'm thankful for my mom even though she's sick right now or something like that. You know, sure, I'm like, sure. I'm, again, I, I hope that's not the case and I hope everyone is healthy. But, you know, there's that also that angle out there. And then uh, the other one would be to be funny. And that's pretty much all that's left for me in terms of personally posting something on Facebook. Right, right. Um, maybe the other scenario I can think of is if I'm looking for uh, advice and trying to poll a bunch of people, so to speak. Like, hey, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Thailand. Has anyone been there? Do you have any suggestions about stuff to do? All right. But – Still, I think that the majority of stuff that people are posting on Facebook falls into the first two areas. One, they're bragging. Two, they want sympathy. Either way, it's really looking for a lot of attention in, 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 in a lot of cases. So what you're right? saying is that Thanksgiving turns us into attention horrors? Is that what you're getting at here? No, I'm saying Facebook turns <laughs> us into attention horrors. Modern social media and a lot of the internet has turned us into attention horrors because we all have a voice, so we all feel like we need to be heard. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's that's really my point. Whereas Thanksgiving, you know, talking about what we're really thankful for. I mean, God, the, the first Thanksgiving, people were thankful for food. We're you know, thankful we're, for fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're thankful that someone invented this wheel thing. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it was just such a different different atmosphere. But, you know, I mean, there are all kinds of things about modern life that have, have uh, moved us from thinking about the basics of life and made it to where we are a lot more concerned with about things that are beyond the basics because the basics are taken care of. You know, you're not going to kill your dinner anytime soon. You're going to the supermarket to get it or to Chick-fil-A or whatever it is you want to do for your dinner that night. Uh, I, but, don't, I don't know. Considering where I grew up, there are some people who will go out and try and kill their Thanksgiving turkey. They'll miserably fail, but they'll still try it. Okay. All right. So there are some people out there that are doing it, but... <laughs> That, that's the minority of people, all right? You're going, you're going to the store and you're picking up your, your however many pound turkey you want because you can specify that based on the number of people you have coming. And, you know, all that stuff is coming from the store. You know, the, the idea of food is no longer a concern for you. So you could move past worrying about food. And a lot of these things are taken care of to the point that we spend most of our time worrying about stuff that really isn't all that important except in the world and the culture that we've created for ourselves. I will say you left one thing out regarding Facebook, though. Okay. I, I, I like your ideas, but there is one thing you left out. You left out the people posting to be passive-aggressive about something. Like, for instance, I'm thankful for my husband's mother, even though she's a total bitch. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> the, the, the whole passive-aggressive stuff. You, you completely skipped past that. I don't know if it was intentional or if you were trying to team me up or what you were doing here, but you left that out. That's a good point, yeah. Um, oh, uh, what about sharing political views? Oh, your dude, favorite. seriously. I'm sure, you know, I really wish I could get some opinions about the healthcare situation on Facebook. <laughs> oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> there was somebody earlier today who was sitting there posting like every hour on Facebook about how nervous they were about the results of their state election. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> really? You don't have like a job or anything better to focus on? You're going to, you know, put a, a Facebook post up every hour about how you're nervous about your state uh, senator or whatever. The other thing, too, that just cracked me up, I was driving along, running an errand earlier, and I passed by this sign advertising one of the Charlotte mayor candidates, 
And he listed himself as the sensible choice. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say whether this guy's Republican or Democrat. It doesn't make any damn difference. But for any politician to advertise that he's the sensible choice is the height of hilarity. Uh, but I digress. It's like someone didn't bother telling him that that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, apparently, um, <laughs> I want to be your mayor, but I have no idea what irony is. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, considering politics, that may be perfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I just think that, that a lot of this, you know, a lot of the, the, I mean, memes is not exactly the right way to put it, but these things that pop up on Facebook, I mean, the last one I think I took part in might've been the, you know, make the list of 20 facts about yourself or something, right? you know, and that was, I don't know, five years ago. Easily. But that was, that was kind of interesting in the sense that you could learn these things about people that you had no idea about, you know, and then that's, and that's learning about others in a sense. And of course there's still a lot of the same motivations that we just talked about would go behind it where people wanted to brag or wanted sympathy or wanted to share their political views or wanted to be passive aggressive or wanted advice or, you know, I mean what all of those things you probably could shoehorn into those 20 facts as well. But oh, I, I, I found that one a little bit easier to take than some of the other things. It didn't seem vaguely transparent because there was no there was no benefit to it necessarily. Was there? Uh, no, it's it's just a good way to kill a few minutes, and you know, really, who in the world couldn't use those? Right. You know, I mean, so I don't know. I mean, Facebook has become such a weird place. You know, at first it was kind of are you know, oh, you're on Facebook, that's a little weird, and then it became, oh yeah, yeah, of course you're on Facebook, everyone's on Facebook, and then everyone became, you know, I mean, really the part where uh, it seemed to be such a change in, is in the age of the, the user going from the college student to everyone. <laughs> no, and, seriously. Yeah, I was I was just going to say, you know, our uh, our narcissistic nature has now bled into every facet of life, and now we are even more narcissistic on Facebook than we ever were because, you know, people are reading it, and, and we think that, hey, if they're our friend, it's important to them, and they have to know about, you know, all the different quizzes we took and all the different memes we looked at and all the people we voted for and all the cars we drive and all the places we went on vacation and everything else, and, and we're thankful for all those things, and they should be too. Right. Right. Um yeah, posting on, on Facebook has be some, be, become something that I just really don't want to do. And every once in a while, I'll zip through the, the the news feed and see what people might be saying. Or like, oh, you know, hey, it's, it's that's person's birthday, cool. Um, you know, but for the most part, when I think about, hey, this just happened to me, should I post it on Facebook? I'm usually left with the conclusion, I don't really think that anyone would care. If you have to ask the question, you know the answer. Well, then most of the stuff that I think about posting, then I'm not posting it. Yeah, see, you know. I mentioned that, that Gretchen was going to get kind of stabby about this. She's she's one of the few that uh, whenever I hear from her in one way or another, I know she's going to say something substantive. I can't say that for a lot of others. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for those few people in my life who I know that if they're going to say something to me, it's going to be something that's going to be worthwhile. It's going to be something funny. It's not just going to be something where they're, they're humble bragging. And that's, that's right. what drives me nuts. I guess my point might seem a little amusing considering I actually posted something on Facebook today. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, one thing you posted, you called out mud, kind of. Right. That was, uh, you know, Mark Grant, who 
you know, I mean, I worked with uh, on Padres television for several years. He always talked about his hatred of street sweepers, which I always thought was interesting. But his point was just like, look, what do they really do? They knock the dust up in the air. It falls back down on the street. What's you know, what is it really accomplishing? And, um, you know, to this day, if I pass a street sweeper on on the road, I will unsafely take my phone out and take a picture while I'm driving (laughs) and send it to him uh, because it's all about safety here on this program. And I saw an article while I was looking up uh, ideas to talk about on our shows tonight, and it said this guy loves street sweepers. So immediately I posted the article on Facebook and said, this is for you, Mark Grant. (laughs) So to me, I I found that amusing, and and there were some other people that found it amusing as well. And that's the kind of thing that I'm going to post. I'm going to post jokes. Like, that's all I have, if I tweet, which is very infrequently, it's going to be a joke. You know, you're not going to find hard-hitting social commentary on my feeds anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, usually if I'm tweeting, I'm tweeting something from, you know, a game, usually giving some kind of an update, or I'm giving some kind of an update while I'm watching a game, or I'm playing one of the hashtag games on At Midnight, which, by the way, the best thing Comedy Central has going, period, aside from South Park. Uh, you know, like... Last night, the uh, the hashtag, I think, was, like, bad coffees or something like that. And the uh, the one that I wanted to uh, to tweet and didn't because I was way too tired was uh, Flavor Flav Roast. <laughs> but I, uh, nice. I kind of skipped that one. Um, by the way, speaking of a couple of things regarding Facebook and such, and, and then I wanted to get back to talking about holidays for just a minute because we have so many of them coming up. Um, the one thing that, that kills me about Facebook is wishing people a happy birthday on Facebook because you always feel kind of bad if you don't, but then you get in a situation like I run into occasionally where like seven friends have the same birthday and you're trying to find something inventive to say to, to all seven of them. And eventually by the seventh person, you're just saying, you know, happy birthday. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you come up with something witty and creative and maybe, you know, heartfelt or something for the first two. And then you're just completely zapped by the seventh one. And you're like, uh, yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> That's that's the, I, I, the worst is Facebook birthdays. I love the happy birthdays that have just simply become <laughs> HBD insert name question <laughs> or insert name exclamation point. Literally, I saw one of those the other day. It was like let's say the person's name was Brian, and it would just be like, HBD Brian. <laughs> Got in. I mean, we, you know, I mean, birthdays are a <laughs> you know a whole 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 another issue of completely arbitrary celebration and you know look don't get me wrong I, I i look at my birthday as an excuse to try to get people together a group of people together that i really like and have a good time um not that it's really like it's not an occasion that i was born uh, you know a round number of years ago on this day i mean that really is no <laughs> that's not all that important for me it's just an excuse where if people are going to show up and you know i have an excuse to see friends and be able to get everyone in the same room then i think it's fantastic but uh, the rules that we have about like oh well you know i called you at 11 so i got in before midnight so it still counts <laughs> i didn't forget your birthday well you know, for for those uh, who, yeah you did yeah i mean see y- you and i both get the same thing because it's the other it's thing like, is i don't ahead. care if you forget my birthday yeah doesn't make any difference, but again, we're... My dad forgot my birthday a few years ago. He felt terrible about it. I'm like, Dad, I don't care. Yeah, we're, we're not narcissistic like the others. So, But see, the thing you and I get a lot because of when our birthdays are, it's like, oh, you guys were born right near Christmas. You must get all the same gifts. Her dare, dare, dare. Seriously, <laughs> save it. I just want to meet the person you talk to who really who says her dare, dare, dare. <laughs> They need to. <laughs> that, was the best, that was the best part of it. I'd give them a five um, if they did. And, you know, I... I the, the idea simply in my mind being, look, you, you don't know anything else. If you, I mean, I was, I, I, my birthday is December 20th. People are like, oh, well, you know, 
must uh, must be hard for you with the presence. And you know, I bet people try to just give you one thing or whatever. Be like, oh, not necessarily. I mean, you could learn to work the system and say, look, you know, if I want one big thing, then just roll my presence into one big thing, or you know, whatever. You you learn to work the system because it is your reality. It's what you know. It's not like, well, can you imagine what if it would be like if your birthday was in June? Not really, because my birthday is in December. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be sharing it with Arbor Day, and I'd get jobbed by all the damn trees. Yeah, exactly. Tree huggers <laughs> would just forget about my birthday. I wouldn't even get HBD on Facebook that day. <laughs> oh, dear God. How did how did we get into that subject? <laughs> I have no idea. I, know, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I've been really thinking a lot about just the idea of our, our culture and the arbitrary way we've decided what's more or less important. Um you know, and I, I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that we've set up these systems in place to provide the basics of life for us, you know, food, shelter, water, all of those things. And it's you have to think so little about that other than providing money to pay for it. Um, and, you know, we've set up a whole economy and we've set up rules for business and we've set up all of these things. Um, you know, and again, it, it's all a fairly arbitrary thing. We don't really, you know. This is this is only the way because we've decided it's the way. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm going to sound like a hateful a-hole for even saying this, so I'm, I'm prepared for that. But even, you know, people who post that they're thankful for their job. I mean, now, granted, I, I get the sentiment behind it, but you have that job because you worked hard to get it. You put yourself in, in that spot to have it. So, I mean, aren't you, again, saying you're kind of thankful that the sacrifices you made and that your parents made and that whomever else made paid off? Isn't that really what you're trying to convey there? That's no, true. That's it's true to a point. On the flip side, um, you know, as someone whose employment has been a, a very interesting experience for the last year, um, yeah. you know, cobbling stuff together and making things work on the fly, I can identify with the sentiment of being thankful for a job more than I ever could before. So yeah, I feel a little conflicted about that point. Um, you know, if you if you're in a situation where you really do have a great work environment, that is something that I could think of as being thankful for and not being really corny and doing it. Um, but your point is very well taken. I mean, uh, you know, it, I, I've heard plenty of stories about people who have been like fired from jobs and they go around blaming the person who fired them for it when it's like, no, it's really more your incompetence with the job that's getting you fired. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I feel like in, in, you know, that it's a greater example with, with exactly what you're talking about with jobs. It's kind of, all right, well, you know, are you really thankful for the job? Or are you thankful for, you know, all the work you put in to get there, as you mentioned? And that's, that's, that's kind of the difference in really getting to the bottom of things. And I mean, you know, the idea of people being short-sighted in the way that they see the world is nothing new. It's just out there in, in almost everything, and sometimes, uh, you know, and this is myself included, but it's out there in almost everything, and sometimes we just don't stop to actually think about, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're really, we're still skirting the issue here. Well, I was I was thinking, you know, myself being a sports writer, and, and uh, you know, this is going to sound sarcastic, I understand that, but can you imagine, like, a sports writer's list of, of 30 things that he's thankful for? He's like, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for all the cold food on the buffet, getting all passive-aggressive and everything, and, you know, I'm, I'm thankful because when I get on the elevator face down in my phone, the, pr the press box elevator guy doesn't try to talk to me and break the silence, you know, stuff like that. That would be awesome. I, I would love that. I'm thankful that they finally got the mix on the frozen yogurt machine better. <laughs> no. I'm thankful that I finally have paved media parking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad I finally got to move up to the front row of the press box this year because I have more tenure. 
Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, we joke about this all the time, and I'm not going to get into sports because we have a sports program for that. But that's that's one thing I, I try to always remain really thankful every time I cover an event because I see how just bitter and jaded and hateful people are who cover sports. And, you know, people give me all kinds of hell that I'm not a bigger fan or whatever. And when you see people like that who have been in that grind for so long and they're so bitter and they're so jaded, you know, it, you don't want to become too much of a fan, but on, on the same aspect of things you want to avoid what they're doing too well you know when you think about the way that sports is covered you know in a lot of cases pretty much everything is brought right to you sure um i mean if you think about as as someone who's covering the padres uh and what the 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 print side is going through you know at a certain at at a rather specific time the manager is going to come out and chat with the media and do his informal session. And then players will come out and you can go grab them on your own. But then after the game, you know, you go in and you can talk to whoever you want in the locker room. On the TV side, you just text or email the PR people and say, hey, look, we need Carlos Quinton as our interview. You bring him over. And that may or may not happen, but that's neither here nor there. And it, when you're in a situation where access has been granted, you have PR people asking you, what do you need us to do for you? Things of that nature. And then something doesn't go smoothly. It becomes really easy to start talking about how, God, this is ridiculous. I can't believe we didn't get that player on time. Yeah. I mean, that too. And and you think about print guys, like covering college football, for instance, just to, to again, peel back the curtain a little bit. You know, you you get a pass into the game every game that you cover. I mean, that's that's a, a big thing, obviously, and, and people are jealous of that. There have been a lot of stories about people who are bloggers trying to get credentialed for things, and we've talked about them on the sports program. Uh, you know, you get a free meal usually. They they bring you quickie stats if you're doing football. They bring you quickie stats after every quarter. Uh, if you're doing basketball, they bring you quickie stats, uh, you know, usually at media timeouts, and you have stats right there in front of you. If, if you're doing... Uh, you know, football or even basketball, the SID comes around to you with a certain amount of time left in the game and goes, who do you want to interview? Who do you want to have in the press room? They handle all that for you. And the fact that you're getting all this stuff and all this access and everything else and you still find things to bitch about is what really just blows me away. I, you know, I, I always tried to make a really big point of thanking whatever PR people oh, yeah. uh, were involved uh you know, be it Padre people or be it people from other Major League Baseball teams or from various colleges. And I really try to make a point of, of thanking those people because they're really making my job so incredibly easy um, in in all of those respects. Like, I don't need to go chase down this player because you're going to bring him out to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, – while, while we're uh, thinking about things, and I'll, I'll, you know, not get too sidetracked here because we don't have a whole lot of time on the program, but – I'm thankful for SIDs. If we're going to talk about things we're thankful for, I'm thankful for SIDs because of everything they do. If you ever have a chance, you know, find an SID and watch them during a game and see what they do versus what you do if you're in the media. I mean, you're sitting there, uh, you know, drinking a Diet Coke trying to outline the skeleton of your story and they're, they're tweeting and setting up the game story and dealing with the operations people and fixing a broken scoreboard and everything else. So I'm thankful for SIDs. So, you know, for... Brett down at Winthrop and Mark at Gardner-Webb and Eric at Liberty and all these other people that, that I deal with on a regular basis. I'm thankful for them. So that's one time I'm not actually going to be passive-aggressive. I'm going to genuinely thank somebody for something. So we've, we've sure. had a breakthrough on the program. 
Well, along those lines, then I, I mean, that's a great point. Mike May and Darren Wong at San Diego State, when I did a dozen state basketball games last year, they were fantastic. And I've worked with them, uh, you know, for seven years now doing San Diego State events. And they, they're fantastic. And, um, I mean, what they do is much appreciated or with the Padres, people like Warren Miller or Josh Issue, um, you know, Brett Picciolo, um, you know, those were the guys that while I was producing games, they would be the ones that would help us get that pregame guest all lined up or help us get the information out on the air or all those number of different things. And that that really is kind of a thankless job. I remember one time seeing a, a PR person jogging in the hotel gym and they had their phone on the treadmill. And I asked him, like, wow, really? You jog with your – you bring your phone out with you? And, you're like, I mean, you'll hop off and answer this call because I'd just seen him do such a thing. And he's like, well – you know, you can't be out of touch that long. Otherwise, people will start to complain. I was like, well, wow, okay. I didn't realize it was quite to that extent that you couldn't take, you know, a half-hour break during the day, you know, nine hours away from game time. But apparently that's the, the world that they live in. And when someone said to me, you know, with, with the uh, – I mean – Jobs with with my employment status being as interesting as it is, where it's been trying to just sort of cobble together whatever comes my way. Someone said, "Well, what about working in PR?" And I was like, "I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that one's one I can say no to. That really just does not sound like my thing. I mean, the number of emails and correspondences that you're getting, and the other side of it that no one takes into account when you're talking about PR people is that everyone feels their request is the most important thing." Uh, yeah, exactly. And I always I feel so bad if I'm ever requesting a credential for something and I don't hear back and, you know, I, I try to check back. I, I always feel terrible about doing that because I know they have so many other things going on. And, you, you know, you kind of on one hand, you see all the people who get all demanding about it myself. I'd, I'd rather just wait until they have time. I, I hate trying to impose on people, particularly those kinds of people. Sure. No, so that. OK, we found something we're truly thankful for. Hey, there we that? go. A breakthrough. How about it? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yes. Speaking of holidays, by Can the way. Can we do trust falls next? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I'm thinking of the Tosh.0 trust fall, which uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that bit or if not. I, I do remember. Oh, God, I saw it, and I'm trying to remember exactly how. <laughs> I remember the, the gist of the joke, though. But yes, I mean, you know. It, it, so, hey, we found something we're thankful for. But, you know, I mean, Facebook in general has, has become a really weird situation where – I mean, people were so it became it was such a cool thing about I don't know three to five years ago, and then you know the the way that it's viewed has been changed. I mean, it, it it is kind of amazing though that once you get an older crowd to a certain thing, that's usually when it stops becoming cool, isn't it? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's it's kind of like the uh, <laughs> you know the old South Park thing, the uh, the Chin Pokemon thing, when all, all the adults started liking Chin Pokemon and they stopped. Right. I, I hate so, to keep referencing pop culture, but it's the only thing I really know. Well, I'm, I'm uh, dumb. <laughs> we're set up into a culture. We're set up into a culture where consuming media is like a big part of everyone's daily life. Um, how do we not reference pop culture? Uh, yeah, true enough. That's that's something we need to hit on another program, by the way, about uh, about our consumption of media. But speaking of that kind of, I uh, I saw a press release earlier today, and this all ties in with media consumption and the holidays and such. I saw a press release from SiriusXM, and they were talking about their holiday channels, which they usually have every year, and. They are unveiling them this year, November 12th, for some of them, mm. including 
Holly, which it says will be on Channel 17, it says it will feature contemporary holiday music as well as traditional favorites, including songs by Kelly Clarkson, Josh Groban, Michael Buble, Mariah Carey, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Colby Calais, Whitney Houston, and the cast of Glee. So basically, a bunch of soft rock singers, uh, a, a group that's only popular once a year, somebody who died in a bathtub, and a bunch of people from a show nobody watches. Awesome. Now, <laughs> your lead person is Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the few successful people ever from Amer- American Idol. <laughs> is Ruben from American Idol? Is he on this channel? I mean, does Ruben Stutter have anything going on? Or Lee DeWise or, or uh, you know, David Cook or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, one of the things that that really made me laugh harder than something uh, than anything I'd seen for a while right. when I saw this was that uh, there was a VIP package available for a Daughtry concert at the Honda Center in Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um. it's it's the little stuff in life that keeps me going. <laughs> Does it have the cyanide capsules in the suite for you to consume while you're there? I just, you know, I just picture that when the show's <laughs> over, you get to exit to an, a place where it just continually screams, "It's not over, over and over again." <laughs> you know, do they do they play uh, the song "Home" as you're walking out of the arena? <laughs> oh, like, is that one of his songs too? Or I yeah, thought that was Phil Phillips. No, no, the uh, the I'm going home back to the place where I belong. Oh, song. yeah, I hate that I know that song, but yes. <laughs> See. That's that's another thing too. I always make fun of kind of in in arenas and stuff is whatever they play as the as the you know crowd is letting out like closing time plays all the time. Um, you know, like if if a team loses, they play the Daniel Powder song "Bad Day" or whatever. Uh, you know, mm. just all this stupid stuff. I I still always I love the the simple stuff. Like if I hear James Taylor's "Carolina" in my mind at a, at a North or South Carolina event, it seems to make the most sense. Don't don't get too creative with it. Just go with what works. What about the Padres playing Cruel Summer after a loss? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess Bananarama has to get those uh, those royalty checks somehow. Yeah, they got to get the spins. <laughs> the uh, some of the other stuff they have on on Sirius XM this this Christmas season includes Country Christmas. It says it will feature a mix of Country Christmas uh, from contemporary artists as well as classic country artists, including Garth Brooks, Carrie Underwood, and Lady Antebellum. Um, so, is Carrie Underwood going to sing "Waiting All Day for Christmas Night"? on this channel is is that what that's going to come down to i you know it's probably something that she had already recorded i bet she recorded it when she did the sunday night football theme this year (laughs) and then just figured we'll use this later we're already in the studio we've got the track ready we'll just knock this out um you know my question to you is this the perfect place for florida georgia line since they don't have to write any new songs this way Florida Georgia Line, one of the favorite targets on this program. I don't know what it is about them, but... Sorry, guys. <laughs> See, Hope you enjoy your perfectly worn jeans and boots. I'm, I'm thinking now of a version of Cruise, except referencing Santa on his sleigh and having, like, the jingle bells in the background. <laughs> yeah, something about, like, Santa, you the man, you make me want to hop in your sleigh and go and cruise or something. You, you yeah. put way too much thought into this, I have to tell you that. <laughs> Two and a half seconds. By the way, I must say that that Country Christmas, one of the Country Christmas songs, was Santa looked a lot like Daddy. Uh, so that should tell you Santa all you need to know. Santa looked a lot like Daddy. Yeah, that was a a Buck Owens classic, and later was covered okay. by a number of people, including the uh, incredibly awesome Bowling for Soup. So, I you know, if it's Country Christmas, then are we going to talk about how like what a Sanders Santa's reindeer got run over or something? Or... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, you know, like how 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 far are we really going to take this here? Like, you know, I saw Santa drinking moonshine with mommy. I mean, like... <laughs> they show Santa in the in the living room, and there's a jug with three X's on it, and right. you know, a set of false teeth or something sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about the sad Christmas song about how I got no presents because Santa passed out? <laughs> Oh, good God. Santa went out drinking and forgot to put anything under the tree. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Santa didn't get me the 22s I asked for. Santa told me he loved me and then ran off with all my stuff and my best friend. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Santa left me and now <laughs> now he took the trailer. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's uh, look – all kinds of things that we can do on country Christmas. Apparently I'll be interested to see if any of them are actually done. I have a feeling we're just going to stick to the, uh, standards. Uh, yeah, there is by the way, a standards channel, which has like Andy Williams and Nat King Cole and all that stuff and all the stuff that, you know, it's good to hear once. And then after that, you're just kind of, you know, stabbing yourself in the head with a knife until the, uh, until the holiday runs out, by the way, they'll be airing those channels. Most of them from November 12th to December 31st. I want to know the people who are on December 26th just like, man, I can't get enough Christmas carols. I just need about four or five hundred more versions of Jingle Bell Rock before I get out of this year. <laughs> Nothing quite says the holiday season like rocking around the Christmas tree on December 27th. Yeah. <laughs> rocking around the after Christmas sale, returning stuff at the mall. Yeah, that's going to be a great song. Like, I don't know why you tune in for that. Speaking of... By the way, of music, uh, our, our friend Julie, who you and I both uh, have a, a strong <laughs> uh, admiration of because of who she is and the fact that she doesn't really take anything off anybody. Um, she was talking earlier. Get her on the show, man. Yeah, we do. She said she wants to come on, so we'll, we got to figure that out. Well, she was dealing with bronchitis and a bunch of other stuff today, and you know, ain't nobody got She's time got for that. Got the bronchitis? She, yeah. Oh, lordy, it's a fire. <laughs> she uh, she was talking about songs earlier today on on her blog. By the way. Uh, her blog, momspective.com, even if you're not a mom, and we're clearly not, it's well worth a read. But she was talking about songs that get stuck in your head, and she was talking about uh, the romantics talking in your sleep and stuff. Um, there's another artist whose songs frequently get stuck in people's heads, and now they're being used for good. Uh, this came from you earlier. Britney Spears is being used as a secret weapon to fight Somali pirates. Uh, mm. Sorry, friend of the program, Anne-Marie, who works in the Harrisburg Senator's uh, merchandise office. I know you're a big Britney Spears fan, so cover your ears for the next few seconds. Uh, right. The singer's hits are being blasted out by tanker crews to deter kidnap attacks, Merchant Navy Officer Rachel Owens told Metro UK. Now, you may be thinking through her catalog and trying to figure out what exactly they may use for this purpose. Spears, Chart Toppers, Oops, I Did It Again, and Baby One More Time have proved to be the most effective at keeping the bandits at bay, she said. This is so <laughs> awesome. I don't even now, have words for how awesome this is. Now, do you remember the historical precedent for this? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> Manuel Noriega, uh, when he was holed up and the government was trying to remove him from power, uh, do you remember that they put huge speakers outside of the building where he was uh, holed up and was playing heavy metal music at loud volumes in order to get him out? Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, so that's wow. all I could think of is, wow, so instead of heavy metal, we've gone the other direction, and we don't want the louder music. <laughs> we want the more bubblegum music. 
different audience, right? Uh, yeah, but it's it's kind of funny. They didn't go with toxic or anything new. They've they've gone with the uh, you know the old stuff, the uh, the classic Britney Spears catalog. Now the thing, well, I think that that it just suggests that these pirates know that this stuff is uh, they're familiar with the music just because it's so popular. I mean, it's reached a level of popularity that you know it would be hard to have not heard this song uh, in some way, like shape or form. And I know what you're thinking. It's like it's Somalia, man. It's a little different world, <laughs> but. Still, I, I think that's why they might be more effective than something newer uh, like Toxic, even even though if I had to, at gunpoint, choose between Toxic or Baby One More Time, I would choose Baby One More Time. <laughs> As, and that's like a horrifying thought in my mind. Uh, but, you know. It, that's kind of like the, the old F. Mary Kill game, except a, a little bit worse. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you Toxic... Oops, I did it again, and baby, one more time. F, Mary kill. <laughs> um, do I have to? <laughs> Can I just go ahead and kill myself and get rid of all this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Second Officer Owens, who works on super tankers off the east coast of Africa, said, quote, her songs were chosen by the security team because they thought the pirates would hate the most. And then this next line is the best thing in the entire copy. These guys can't stand Western culture or music making Britney's hits perfect, unquote. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom roasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love that the icon of Western culture or music is Britney Spears, of all things. That's just incredible to me. I, I just can picture The Daily Show running with this story if they haven't already. <laughs> um, you know, where the graph, where like the picture of Britney, where he talks about American music is being used to scare off Somali pirates. The artist, Britney Spears. And immediately they put up the picture of her with like no hair. <laughs> I just figured that would be the great way to, you know, but yes, the, the, the cultural icon used to scare away Somali pirates, Britney Spears now appearing at Luxor or whatever Vegas hotel it is that she's doing a show at. It's like, I can just picture it now. It's like, you know, we, we hate the rock music. We hate that band quiet riot. <laughs> Wait, what now? Well, here's the question that I have for you. Do you think that anyone associated with Britney Spears is going to use this incident as a way to market to racists? <laughs> wait what <laughs> explain what you, yourself <laughs> what i'm talking about is do you think that anyone with britney might be like hate somalians then come to the britney spears concert there won't be any of them there they hate the music well wait a minute it's a safe zone <laughs> you'd you'd have to get them away from handing out uh flyers for porno numbers on the vegas trip in order to get them in there Okay, fair enough, but I think you see my point. I'm just wondering, like, is this, you know, because I, I feel like this marketing has to be coming some sometime soon. You know, everyone's trying to squeeze every last dollar out of everything that they can. So I, I just feel like this is this is somewhere on the horizon. So after every Britney Spears song, instead of applauding, you'd hear them slapping the cards for the escort services against their hands. Is that how that would work? <laughs> that is a weird dynamic in Vegas, isn't it? Yes, the way that those yes, people have practiced. <laughs> All yeah. the different ways to flick those cards, to make noise, to try to get you to look at them even. <laughs> look, excuse me, I cannot take any of your cards for escort services right now. I have two yards of drinks in my hand. <laughs> you know, my my father was talking about how she should now have a career headlining concerts on cruise ships. I can I can see that now. It's like, you know... Ha-ha! We've boarded your ship! Oh, crap, it's Britney Spears. And they'll, they'll jump oh. off. <laughs> Wait, okay, see, that's the marketing I'm talking about. Now, that, that turns it a little bit more positive. Hey, 
we're going on this great cruise to Africa, but don't worry about safety. Britney Spears is our headlining act. <laughs> you don't need to worry about pirate attacks because Britney is performing all of her hits. Baby one more time. Oops, I did it again. Even toxic, even though that doesn't work as well. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, even worse. So come out to the Britney Spears cruise of Africa during pumpkin spice latte season. The uh, <laughs> Or peppermint uh, latte season. Uh, uh, peppermint mocha cho- cho- coffee season or whatever the heck it is. The other thing, too, can you imagine? You, you remember uh, a couple of years ago they had what they called the poop cruise where the, the cruise uh, ship got stuck out there and they, they had people like going to the bathroom in bags and leaving it outside and stuff. Can you imagine that on a Britney cruise? <laughs> that, that, that might be a rough sell. <laughs> uh, you know the thing is is i believe that that was the cruise uh, is that the are you talking about the one that lost all the power when it yeah headed down yeah mexico yeah is that the one that headed to mexico yep. you, you know that that like several padres staff members were on that oh wow including like the head clubhouse attendant strength and conditioning coach and some others um so that was interesting to be able to ask them oh so what was that like and then you know what they said uh, you know, I heard some of those stories like that, but for us, it wasn't anything like it. We just, you know, we were having, like, sandwiches for food and, you know, ended up drinking a lot of booze because it was there. And we had to, I mean, it was going to get warm, so they encouraged us to, encourage us to drink, you know, whatever. Uh, just out of curiosity, and I realize this is way uh, inside baseball here, but Keith Hernandez didn't phone in that power outage, did he? <laughs> Nobody else listening has any idea what I'm talking about, but I know you do, so I, I appreciate no. that. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, he's Keith Hernandez. He can do what he wants. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, he's he's done some amazing things. I mean, my personal favorite. What's that girl doing in the dugout? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, cruise ships, I, you know, I, I've, I've heard such wildly varying opinions when it comes to cruises. I have not been on a cruise. Brian, have you been on a cruise? I have not. I, in fact, I don't know that I want to go on one anymore. That's... Regardless of those stories that we just brought up or the idea of, you know, Britney Spears cruise or anything like that, uh, I've talked to some people who are like, how have you not been on a cruise? They are fantastic. You absolutely need to go. It's great. And then I talk to other people who there doesn't seem to be cruises are okay. It seems to be love them or hate them kind of a deal. And, you know, the other half is I didn't like it at all. We didn't really get any time to explore the places that we actually were able to stop. Otherwise, you know, you're just on this giant floating playground kind of place. And, I mean, that's, you know, it sounds great, but, you know, you're, you're stuck on this boat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, you know, and you pull into these ports and you get like 12 hours there or something like that. And, you know, people are like, I'd like to really explore those places. So I guess it depends on what you're looking for out of a vacation. But, yeah, I mean, I don't. Personally, I don't see the allure. See, I have a control thing. I mean, if I'm on a plane, at least I know they can land somewhere and I can get back to civilization. If I'm on a cruise ship, I'm like, you know, days from civilization because of how quickly or not quickly those things travel. And that's just that bugs me. Yeah. I mean, if you want to if you want to, you know, if you're on a plane and and you want to make it land, all you have to do is become drunk soccer fan (laughs) or that earlier. Yeah. You can start screaming about how you have a weapon and you're not afraid to use it. That'll make it land pretty quickly. Oh, well, I don't know how far away you'll get from the plane. Oh, yeah. That might be a flaw in your. (laughs) Fair enough. I didn't think that through. Uh, yeah. The the other thing too, it says the directional speakers aimed at the pirates are such that Spears' music does not bother the sailors aboard the super tanker. So they they've thought this out. They're like, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and root out the pirates, but the guys on the ship, they're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to support our troops, Beats by Dre is sent over noise canceling headphones. <laughs> 
By the way, speaking of Beats by Dre, I don't know if you've seen the, the latest uh, commercial for the Beats by Dre stuff with the blue ones, the Lady Gaga and R. Kelly song. No. Uh, yeah, they've, they've got a, a line of blue Beats by Dre that are out now, and they have a song that Lady Gaga is releasing with R. Kelly uh, that's being used as the music bed for it. And Lady Gaga and R. Kelly performing together on a song is just wrong in probably 92 or 93 different ways. You know, I don't know the song. I haven't heard anything about it. Is it out? Is it, like, available? You know, uh, could I find it on the Internet? Uh, you could probably find it on YouTube with no problem. I don't know about the okay. rest of the, the inner tubes. But. Um, so what is this called? Like, Underage Meat Suit? <laughs> like, I assume that's what the name of the song is. Uh, I don't know enough. if it really is. Is, it, is that it? Did I get it right? <laughs> You're close, I think. You know, and, and I gotta say, I mean, as if as if we didn't need any more examples of the enduring power of Chappelle's show, at least in my own uh, existence, and I know yours as well. Every time I hear R. Kelly, all I can ever think of is doo doo butter. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, okay. Certain people and certain celebrities have become so big and so popular that the idea of actually meeting them is a really weird one, you know? Yeah. And they're just an, they're just another person. They're just like they're just they're just human beings, right? But at the same time, these people have been made up so so big in the media that the idea of meeting them is just a strange one. Like the idea of meeting Tom Cruise just it sounds strange to me. You know, with all that's been written about him and all the rumors and stuff like that. R. Kelly even more so. Could not imagine meeting R. Kelly because the entire time all I could be thinking of is Dave Chappelle in a blue bandana and a pair of sunglasses um, singing in his, his Chappelle show video. That, you know, I would have such a hard time chatting with that guy and just, you know, not thinking about the fact like, wow, 14-year-old Aaliyah allegedly, huh? Cool. Good for you, bro. Well, you know, <laughs> there's that. Uh, there's that. And when he's giving the deposition about how – you know, for whatever amount of money it was, R. Kelly could fart in my dinner tonight. <laughs> Stuff like that. You remember the deposition scene where you're talking about it? About how, what it would take for him to believe that R. Kelly was guilty and it shows the grandma standing there with like the, you know, the bandana and she's filming everything, you know, stuff like that. That's, that's what I think of when I think of R. Kelly. I can't think of anything that he did musically, even though 12 Play was incredible. Yeah, I... <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I I don't know. I'd like to meet him just so I can go up to him and say something that man, I don't think anyone's ever said. Like, man, trapped in the closet was awesome. <laughs> See, I'd probably walk up to him and go to shake his hand and be like, wait, did you watch that? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Why are you putting on that latex glove before you shake my hand? <laughs> don't worry about it. Here, let, to me, meet let me hit I'm you with a sanitizer real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, it occurs to me, by the way, that we haven't made fun of, of uh, Floridians on the program in a while, so we need to go to some floor derp because it's been too long since we've done that. So sure. Uh, especially since uh, at midnight actually referenced Floridians on last week's series of programming. And so we need to regain that bit. Uh, Dateline Boca Raton, Florida, a man stuffed his girlfriend inside a duffel bag and tried to sneak her into his halfway house. So I'm assuming that when he was asked about it, the reason he gave was I just watched oceans 12 and I was trying to recreate that one scene. <laughs> Probably fair, although it's uh, it's not as good as when he uh, actually did what he did. Uh, Boca Raton police received a call from a man walking his dog on Friday. He told police he saw a man hunched over a large duffel bag in a Walgreens parking lot talking to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He uh, He said the man started to lift the duffel bag into his car when a woman's arm poked out of it. 
The man then pushed the arm back inside the bag, put it in the car, and drove off. See, if it's me, I'm claiming the whole weekend at Bernie's thing. I'm, I'm not even coming up with any defense other than Andrew McCarthy did it in 1988. <laughs> All right, so did they just watch Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag? <laughs> eight? It's like, I want to do this, but I don't have eight heads, so I'll just put you in a duffel bag? More like eight arms in a duffel bag, am I right? Yeah. Am I uh, right? Huh? No. Yeah. Uh, according to a Boca Raton police report, police later located the car and questioned Jared Mustrat. Yes, that's his name. And his girlfriend, Jessica Tosi. Mustrat told police he was staying at the Boca House, a sober living halfway house for men that did not allow overnight visitors. Mustrat claimed he put Tosi in the bag so he could take her inside. Well, welcome to what those of us who lived in college dorms in the 90s did. Congratulations. Don't you just, like, bribe your RA with something? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, even worse, dress the woman in your clothes. You know, they'll, they'll never know with the number Baseball of... hat. Yeah, the, the myriad of cameras they have at every door at a college dorm. They'll never know. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I mean, that was something I never went through. I never lived in the dorms, actually. You know, transferring down uh, as a junior, um, like I did from a junior college, I, I lived off campus the entire time. And I always wondered what that experience would have been like. Uh, well, I've uh, I've I've run interference for people doing that before. It's it's uh, it's exhilarating and depressing at the same time. Is it exhilarating or is it depressing <laughs> because usually you're running interference so someone else can do something crazy? Or uh, well, I mean, I think it's more depressing that you're running interference so that somebody else can have a girl around and you're not. Right, exactly. That's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was getting at without uh, being quite as blunt. But yes, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> all right. Now, granted, oh, on the same page on that one. yeah, granted. I mean, this this wasn't like we were, you know, trying to run interference for people sneaking booze or drugs or anything else like that into a dorm. It was a lot more uh, innocent than that. But still, you know, you, you kind of feel bad because you're not the one getting to reap the benefits. You're just the one helping somebody else do it. So you're you're being a good friend, but a a, a bad person toward yourself. Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, the stuff that you end up getting into in the first few years of college. Um, I don't know. I mean, there 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 are a lot of good stories there when it comes to you know college shenanigans, and I mean the the dorm process can all be part of it. I you know I feel like the best thing um, the dorms could be for would be appreciate living in New York City. <laughs> Honestly, you know, uh, just like all right, so this is normal. Actually, the the thing that dorms taught me the most about really were a how to appreciate Top Gun, and that's a whole other uh, thing that I need to tell you off air sometime. That sounds, that sounds fantastic, actually. And, I could, and uh, also, how to learn to love the Pearl Jam 10 record, because I heard it over and over and over and over and over. And even though it was not brand new or anything at the time, I just happened to live near people from New Jersey who loved it and swore by it. That and uh, R.E.M.'s Automatic for the People record, both of those. Yeah, I got a lot sicker of Automatic for the People a lot faster than of 10. Uh, yeah. Uh um, yeah, you know... Um, uh, Gosh, you know, I, I'm actually surprised that you didn't reference something else that you learned from living in the dorms. Okay. And, you know, since since your main man, Jerry O'Connell, is tripping Neely and can't hardly wait mentioned it, I'm surprised you didn't talk about the importance of shower sandals. Uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, that and, and Crash Davis, too. Can't forget that. Can't have, right. uh, can't have stuff on your, on your shower shoes. Nope. Uh, yeah, that was, that was another thing. Communal showers, uh, granted, you know, we grew up playing sports and, and you get kind of used to it, but it's nowhere near like it is in college. I mean, it's just filthy in college. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, it's, it, I, I, it's an experience that I'm sure would have been interesting at the same time. I wasn't too disappointed that I missed out on it. 
I also have to say, I realize now, and I, I know that people are listening to this and thinking this already, so I'll just go ahead and put it out there. I realize that as somebody who didn't drink in college and, you know, occasionally helping somebody sneak a girl into a dorm, even when it wasn't past visiting hours, is the highlight of my shenanigans, really, college-wise. And I realize how lame that is. But, again, as somebody who didn't drink, I was there to make sure that the people who did drink didn't die. So, consider right. that. Right, well, that's important. I mean, it's all about a, having a good safety net. Uh, yeah, fair enough. And people are right? just like, oh, well, he's a tall guy. He'll protect me if I get into any bad situations. And, you know, that's how all that happens. Yeah, you seem pretty aggressive. Uh, I can see you just, <laughs> you know. Huh, yeah. That seems like a very, kind of a misplaced conception of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so hateful. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's uh, – it, I mean, the college experience is an interesting enough one. But, <laughs> I mean, the idea of stuffing your girlfriend into a duffel bag to do anything with her, that's uh, that's a little bit more out there. Well, it says that Tosi also told police she voluntarily got into the bag, and then police said that no crime was committed, so they were allowed to leave. <laughs> Never mind, you're good. I know you had her in a bag, but whatever. Just go ahead and take her on home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thought process, that's for sure. Uh, Dateline, Jacksonville, Florida. You and I have both been in fast food drive throughs uh, It's not places we frequent, but when we really need something, we go there. Uh, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office responded to a reported shooting at a Chick-fil-A parking lot Monday morning. Wow, I mentioned Chick-fil-A earlier. Yeah, see? Corporate synergy. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office uh, officers. Wait, wait, when, when, when was the shooting? Uh, Monday morning. Oh, Monday morning. Yeah. How, how, well, okay, what time Monday morning? Uh, the officers arrived at 7147 Phillips Highway at 925 a.m. Oh, wow. Okay. I was thinking it was like Monday morning as in like 1 in the morning or something like that going, well, they knew that it was going to be closed since it's not open on Sundays <laughs> anyway. No, 925 a.m., the, the perfect time when all crimes are committed and people get capped. Yeah. Uh, they found a vehicle struck by a bullet in the driver's side rear window. According to a Facebook post from the office, a bullet casing was found in the parking lot near the area where the shooting was reported. Investigators say the victim was waiting in line at the drive-thru and an older brown Buick Regal was not moving in line. The victim drove around the suspect's vehicle to order food. That's when police say the suspect allegedly drove up to the victim's car and the suspect got out of the passenger side. The post says the, the suspect cursed and brandished a black weapon. The suspect then allegedly fired the gun at the victim's vehicle and ran to the east. The driver of the vehicle, a woman, drove after the suspect. Hmm. So. Wow. Okay. That's uh. It's just there's so much of that that's, that seems really strange. I mean, you know, I've, I've heard of people <laughs> getting fired up over a lot of things, but I can't remember anyone like packing at a fast food place since like falling down. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've been around people who got mad because they couldn't get their, their favorite sandwich or whatever, but yeah, that's a little much. And then, of course, um, they, they come up with the generic description of the uh, of the crook, too, which you know, you always have to have these generic descriptions. But this one says, uh, <laughs> and I, I kind of laugh when I see this, described as a younger man with a short haircut, which that helps. And approximately 5'10", 150, he was last seen wearing a purple jacket and faded jeans. Based on the purple jacket and the fact that he was brandishing a gun, I'm going to go ahead and call those bad idea jeans. <laughs> purple. Oh, that sounds good. I mean, I, you know, I, it's been a bit since I've seen purple jeans. Uh, I mean, that seems like the 90s cross-colors time. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know I miss saying? those days. 
Of course, I did. I did see purple jeans uh, recently. There was, um, and this this is kind of uh, non sequitur, but the the guy who does the sideline for Furman uh, football for their radio was wearing purple jeans on the sidelines when I went down there to cover them. Hmm. Of course, Furman is purple, so that makes sense. But okay, all right. Well, then that, that I was like, huh? What's the tie in there? Good dude. Um, it was just a little jarring. Those are those are some interesting pants. Uh, Dateline Orlando. An Orlando man could be facing federal charges after he blew up his own home. Oh, good. Let me hear the reason for this one. Uh, fire officials say they were called for a report of an explosion about 8.50 p.m. Saturday at a home on Alfred Drive. Orange County Sheriff's Office deputies said William Denmark, 48, told fire officials that he was making his own fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, that does that sound safe. Gosh, that caught me off guard. Making his own fireworks? Yes. Um, does he have any kind of army training with explosives or anything at all that would suggest that there would be any kind of safety measures in place if he was going to do this? Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of like making meth. You're just like, you're just going to go ahead and rely on good luck. You don't need security measures. You're just going to go ahead and go completely breaking bad with it. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Uh, I mean... Glad I could shock you there with that story. <laughs> yeah, that really caught me off guard. Uh, you know, I think of fireworks is not something, especially in California, you know, that you don't... Getting your hands on fireworks is not I mean, quite as common as maybe in other states. And a lot of the stuff that they do with fireworks is, hey, we'll put the firework display on, says the city. You can come out and watch. <laughs> I no, I mean, really, yeah. that's that's kind of what the idea is. And then, you know, sometimes it just works out the way it did. Uh, I think it was last year where all of the fireworks supposed to happen, <laughs> you know, in Mission <laughs> Bay and San Diego went off at the same time. Well, I, I can just see it now. It's just, you know, the, the news guys are like, coming up at six from Orlando, an explosive story. Ah. <laughs> oh, who's your news lady from, what was it, Philadelphia? Yeah, Joyce Evans. <laughs> Joyce Evans might have something to say about that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Explosives and materials for making them were found inside the home. Quote, Denmark was manufacturing his own black powder in a ball mill when it exploded, unquote. The investigating deputy wrote in an arrest report, adding that he also saw tubes with a wick and a drying black powder. <laughs> Denmark told the deputy, according to the report, that he knew what he was doing was dangerous. <laughs> That's good. Uh, officials said an FBI task force and agents with the Bureau, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives would assist in the investigation. The home showed signs of damage from the explosion with cracks in the walls and blown-out windows. <laughs> Denmark was arrested and locally charged with possession and discharge of a destructive device. Well, I guess the nice thing is if you want to have people just use your home as like a drug hangout, it's already perfectly, you know, decorated. Yeah, I was going to say, he's screwed for resale unless he hits that uh, that lucrative meth market. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, what kind, of, uh, what kind of laws are there in Florida in terms of disclosure? Uh, that's, that's, that's a fair question. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody who's recently bought real estate. I know that, that you've been looking around at, at, uh, you know, places to live too. We've run into those things and, you know, I, I kind of wonder, you know, do you have to list fireworks creation accident on your disclosure form? I don't know. It's a good question. It, I mean, I would want to know if I was going to buy a house that had been, uh, you know, is the, what's the Carfax for homes? <laughs> Is there, a, is there a fox that stands out front and like grills the guy for you? Show me the house facts. Yeah. In fact, don't show me the house facts. I hate those commercials. <laughs> and uh, finally, we're going to close the program with a timely story because we're timely mm -hmm. on this program. Dateline Deltona, Florida. Uh, Halloween was this past week, as you know. 
Children trick-or-treating Thursday night in a Deltona neighborhood get a rude surprise when, when Volusia County deputies said a 63-year-old man answered the door in a robe that exposed his genitals. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's all trick right there. There's no treat to that. Nope. <laughs> uh, one deputy even said when he was dispatched to the home to investigate, he was greeted the same way. Perfect. <laughs> um, John Vowles, nice last name, was arrested at his home on Deed Circle on two counts of loot and lascivious exhibition. Again, this guy is 63. Good times. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the Volusia County Sheriff's Office first received a call about a flasher in Deltona just before 9 p.m. on Halloween night. Deputies say two brothers, ages 12 and 14, were trick-or-treating when some other kids warned them to be careful of Val's home because a naked man lived there. <laughs> Super weird. So weird. Like uh, Of all the warnings... <laughs> really? A naked man lives there? What? I saw a lot of you know, jokes or even commercials talking about, you know, there should be an app for trick-or-treating so you know who's giving out the good candy versus, you know, the dentist who's giving out dental floss or whatever. Uh, that's the first thing. This story is really the first thing that I think an app would be necessary for. Oh, I'm sorry. You might be happy if you get better candy, but you need to let everyone else know that there's a dude with his dangle dangling out as he opens the door. Oh, I'm sorry. I must have misheard you. I thought you said he was a dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I mean, that guy's going to have a really nice time registering uh, for whatever website in that state. Um, but <laughs> is, is there a uh, the not dot com for sexual offenders? Where you get to register and put like your you know your your uh, your registry on there for what you'd like as a sexual offender. Oh gosh, that sounds that's so scary. That is <laughs> so that is so scary. I mean, the thing is, is as soon as you said this, all I could do is picture the old perv from Family Guy. <laughs> Trick that's or treat. All I've, yeah, that's all I've got. That's the only. It, it's like a. Uh, um, my imagination is like Who Framed Roger Rabbit right now, where it's the cartoon guy in real life. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's the picture I have in my head right now for whatever reason. The uh, the boys told deputies they didn't believe the kids and decided to trick-or-treat at the house. They said Vowles then came to the door wearing an open robe with nothing underneath. The boys ran home and told their father, who then contacted the sheriff's department. When a deputy went to investigate, he said he looked through a window and saw a naked Val sitting on a couch... Vowles then answered the door wearing a white shorty robe with his genitals exposed. The deputy also said he smelled alcohol in Vowles' breath and he was slurring his speech. Vowles told the deputy he may have answered the door to trick-or-treaters in his robe and said he offered them money because he didn't have any more Halloween candy. <laughs> Is that like slush money or something? It's like, if you don't tell somebody I answered the door with my junk hanging out, I'll give you $5. Why do I feel that this ended the same way that Randy Marsh had ended by screaming? I thought this was America. <laughs> Merck. Can't be naked drinking in your own home. So, oh I, God! If, if we had know. more time, I'd, I'd get uh, I'd get Buddy Lee Phillips out of his tree stand, but unfortunately, we don't. You know, I mean, Halloween's <laughs> such an awkward enough holiday as it is, and you know. Anyone, if it's not prepackaged candy, you got to throw it away because it's not safe. And if it's not, then you got to throw it away because it's not safe. And you got to be careful of this. You got to make sure the kids stay out of the street. And it seems like, as much as anything now, people are just talking about safety concerns with Halloween more than anything. And probably give it another 10 years and we won't even be trick or treating. We'll just have like some series of tubes where all you do is like, you know, fire off some request to some 
some random house and they send you back a piece of candy. Or, or, you, or you might get a note like from that. somebody. Don't let the kids out. They might get hurt. Yeah, you might get a note from somebody in your bag saying you're too fat to stop eating candy. Oh. You saw you saw that whole thing. I'm not going to go into the entire story, but there was oh, somebody. Oh, I didn't actually. Yeah, there was somebody uh, handing out notes uh, on Halloween instead of candy trying to help combat obesity. Look that story up sometime when we're off air. You know, I, I I feel like you just got to know your audience on that one is my quick take. I, I don't think you're going to find a lot of receptive people among seven to eight-year-olds or whatever. You know, look, just fill up my pillowcase with candy. I'm going to go home and eat way too much candy. I'm going to be up until, you know, a late hour. I'm going to annoy the parents and all of that. And then, you know, we'll repeat again in a year. Sound fair? Yeah, and then I'll vomit in school the next day. It's all good. Perfect. Yeah. What's the problem? And uh, on that note... We should probably go ahead and put a bow on this week's edition of Did That Make Air? I don't think there's anything else we can do from here. So <laughs> that will wind down the program. For Ed Barnes, I'm Brian Wilmer. And uh, thank you for joining us for yet another exciting and, if not somewhat weird, episode of Did That Make Air? We'll see you back here next week. Same time, same channel. And uh, until then, share your Halloween candy because we're too lazy to go get our own. Until next week, see ya.